Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, good evening. Welcome to the Reconnect My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems to make break a terror heart support. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. <clears throat> That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Excuse me. Or you can go to our chat room, which is available right now on our website. You can send your uh, questions, comments, or prayer requests. Also, for those who would like to see the video version of Reconnect My Heart, you can go to reconnectmyheart.com, reconnectmyheart.com. Also, we are on social media, on Facebook, on my web, excuse me, on my Facebook page, Brother Prater, also on YouTube. So uh, there are very, uh, very many avenues for you to be able to reach out to us. And I want to welcome the new viewers um, there are many outlets that are out here now that are now chiming in on Reconnect My Heart. So I want to thank you all for coming in and welcoming me into your home. I hope that you all had a great day. Um, this is, uh, those that don't know, I'm in Texas. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and this week has been uh, saturated with much rain. So I uh, hope that everyone was safe. I hope there was no damages. So today, you know, I was thinking about how many people right now, they're they're making adjustments um, through this pandemic, as well as just different stages in their life where there are things that happen, um, sometimes a setback. Sometimes uh, things happen that is uh, out of our control. My dad have always say, in life, things seldom goes according to plan. In the midst of that, uh, the thing that was really um, challenging me was no matter what happened, there are things that you can plan for. There are things that 
you don't plan for, but in the midst of that, what do you do? And so today's episode, we're going to talk about the topic, getting my groove back, getting my groove back, regaining your confidence after life's disappointment. Um, I was talking to a little girl today. Uh, hello there. I love that her name is Devana, I want to say. Uh, how to Devana, and I was telling her about the episode today, and she mentioned getting your smile back. So I told her I was going to make sure to acknowledge her. So hi, Devana, and thank you for getting your smile back. So with that, you know, when you think about it, like I said, there's so many life disappointment that happens, and you know, I was getting to think about even my own life and those that know me, I don't mind throwing myself on the bus and I like to use myself for an example to let people know that, hey, things can happen to anybody. And also, even as a minister, one of the things I believe in being very transparent because a lot of times um, we tell people as ministers, we tell people uh, to give it to God, but we never them how to give it to God, or we do very little in how to give it to God. And so, you know, I was looking at like um, some years ago when I lost my sister, one of the things that God began to tell me was, you know, I preach or I minister to people, and this is the time now, for now, the spotlight is on me. Because I tell people how good God is. I tell people that God can heal, God can redeem, God can comfort. I tell them about God in the situation where I got to show them what God can do. I have to show them through my life. I show them through my experience, through the things that I go through. They'll be able to not just hear what I say, but they will see what I do based upon my belief in God. So I was like, wow, these are some of the things that God was telling me. And I'm going to tell you, I found out God will allow a situation to happen where you have to trust him and you have to communicate with him. You know, those that know me, I'm a very firm believer in prayer, the power of prayer, the results of prayer, but also I tell people about communicating with God. That's what prayer is, communicating, dialogue. And a lot of times people just think that, you know, we just go to God when things are going bad. No, go to God when things are going great. Go to God when things are, you know, hey, a bed of roses. Because the thing is, the main thing is when you love someone and when you have a relationship with someone, they're not just your partner, they're also your partner in uncomfortable times, in bad times, and also vice versa. They're not just your partner in bad times, but also in good times. See, a lot of times we celebrate. We celebrate. We know how to celebrate. But what happens when things happen that are out of our control? Sometimes we omit those things. You know, matter of fact, I just say it like this. There are so many people that have gotten married and they hear the term for better. They celebrate. They love the times when things are better, when things are great. But when it comes down to or worse, that's when they tuck tail and run. Now, 
when you are committed to somebody, you want them to be with you, not just in the celebratory times, but when things are uncomfortable. So when it comes down to our relationship with God, we have to understand God is concerned about every aspect of our life. He's concerned about it. And so when it comes down to the things that we go through in life, you'd be surprised how when things are uncomfortable, you'd be surprised the thoughts of come out when things are bad or uncomfortable or even when tragedy, when hurt happens. You know, you'd be surprised their their idea of who God is. It reveals when uncomfortable times come. It reveals their identity as well as sometimes their mindset of who God is, you know. And so these are some of the things, you know, I just wanted to kind of bring up, you know, um, I know when people have gone through things and, you know, I've, I've spoken to people, you know, throughout the years and some people, they may have felt like, well, you know, God made me to suffer. God made me uh, because of the situation I was born in, I had no control in, so that must mean that God wanted me to suffer all my life. Or, I'm going to say it like this, there were some that I've known who may have been abused as a child because of some uh, uh, family member or whatever, and they felt like, well, you know, that's all I'm good for. That's the purpose that God made me to be used, to be a, 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 a sex slave to this person or to this family member or to people or whatever, you'd be surprised the ideal that's on their minds. And so that really has caught my attention when I hear people. I, I believe in listening to people to see the core of their belief. What is their core? What is the core of their belief about God and about themselves? And so when it comes down to situations such as disappointments, hurts, uh, sometimes even grief, pain, these things are, to me, an assignment that will expose who we are, what our belief is, who we see God is, who we, or what we think God can do, all these things. So even though I'm going to tell you, in the most uncomfortable times, I always tell people this is a great opportunity for you to get pen and paper and put what you feel, how you feel, what you think about God, about yourself, all these things, put them down to pen and paper. That is, that's the thing that have really helped me to really learn like I said, not just about God, but about myself. And so when things happen, what do we do? I first want to talk about, even pertaining to, uh, I mentioned about hurt, grief. You'd be surprised when when people have gone through a divorce or people have gone through a breakup. You'd be surprised how it shatters a person. You know, when your hopes, when your dreams has been tarnished, you know, when all that you've hoped for, all that you thought was well, all of a sudden you find out 
that the identity of the person that you thought you love or the person that you love kind of find out you didn't marry them or you wasn't dating them. You dated their representative. Or it could have been that you really was with the, the you were with the right person, so to speak, but kind of find out your ideology of who they were was wrong. So they didn't hide who they were. Your understanding of who you thought they were were wrong. So that person might have been wrong or or your ideology of who they were were wrong. Or on the other hand, some people, I'm going to say it like this because I've heard it so many times, so many people, they date people or they marry people thinking that they can change them. No. Some people, they think, well, you know, if I can love them enough or if I have a baby by them, or, well, you know, I heard that to be, I'm just going to say it. This, this is... um. This is a saying that is really, really, really unscriptural. They don't saying, well, you know, uh, all they need is a good man, and they'll change. Or all they need is a good woman, and they'll change. No. No. There are some books that are out there. Well, you know, uh, first of all, you married a devil. Or, excuse me, you were dating a devil, and then you married them, and you think you can love the devil out of them and you know you can help them get saved and all that stuff but to be honest with you in that situation where you were a church person and you dated an unchurched person or an undelivered person and you end up staying with them like I said who they were in the beginning is who they are and you thought that you could love them to convert them and help them uh and then they're saying, you know, you marry them, but you stay with them because you feel like you can help them. Who's wrong? It ain't them because they're true to themselves. It will be the person that's trying to change them because you go into the relationship trying to change them. But in relationship, we need to accept the person how they are. And if they're not the person that we want them to be, then we need to be with someone that's already ready. Because this parenting, so you know, so with that, I, I I didn't mean to go there, but I guess it was meant for me to go there. But you know, and all these disappointments that happen in life, you know, things that are uncalled for, things that are unexpected. So things can happen that can really play a toll on our heart, on our minds. You know, like I mentioned earlier about. Grief, where you know, I know one of these one of the situations I was in where I ended up losing a best friend. Uh, my best friend was Ashley, my cousin, back Ashley on my birthday, the night of my birthday, and that shocked that that, that shattered my hopes. That that shattered me, and for a long time, I thought, man, I was I was seventeen, just turned eighteen when he passed, and I was like. Wow, will I live to pass 21? Would I be, you know, he passed at 22. I was like, well, you know, would I live to, because to me he was great in my eyes. So would I live to be 21? Would I live to be 22? All these things that happen. So in the midst of that, God began to really deal with me, and I'm going to share with you some of the things that 
I begin to see. In getting my life back or even bouncing back through the disappointments, through the life, the first thing I had to do was acknowledge that I was hurt. One of the things that we have to do is acknowledge that whenever we go through something, hey, we gotta we can't we can't put a blanket over it. We have to allow this to be diagnosed. We can't just brush off and say, Well, you know, everything will be all right. No. These things are hurtful and painful. And we have to acknowledge that because if not, what's gonna happen, we'll be playing we'll be playing ourselves and we'll be preventing healing, proper healing. So the main thing is whenever you are hurt or going through something, we have to acknowledge that. Nobody is ever too big to admit that they need help. But also, I'm going to say it like this. You know, I was talking to my brother uh, today, and back in the time when I was growing up, growing up in the 70s in church and everything, a lot of times it was taboo for us that were in church, and also being honest, us being in church, us being black, being able to go to a psychiatrist, being able to go to a counselor, you know, that doesn't mean that you're weak. That doesn't mean that you doubt or don't have any faith in God. No, God has some professional Christian counselors available. And so one of the things, like I said, we have to admit, hey, we need help. And it takes a big person to admit, hey, not only I need help, but I'm hurt and be able to allow that place of hurt to be exposed. That's something that we have to do because if you don't deal with it, it don't go away. What happens, it builds up and it end up spreading in other areas in your life. And then what happens, it may contaminate you or it may contaminate the relationships you may have with others including yourself and even your relationship with God. So we have to admit we need help. I always believe in writing things down. You know, those that know me, I keep a pen and paper with me. Matter of fact, everything, everything that comes to my mind, just about everything, I try to write it down. Sometimes God would deal with me in a dream. Sometimes God deal with me in a vision. Sometimes just even just a conversation I might have with God, God may hey, say something to blow my mind. I'm like, oh, wow. Sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, that's something I need to share with people. But then there are times I'm like, oh, there's something I need to share for myself. <laughs> and so one of the things I found out, the more you begin to start talking, talking things out, it actually helps. So that's another thing that we have to do, being able to just talk, talk to ourselves. You know, you'd be surprised we hear so much negativity. We hear negativity, we see negativity, we listen to negativity. But how about we start speaking that positivity? Now, the true positivity is the word of God. Being able to say those things, what God said about that situation, even about yourself. Now, along with being able to try to, quote, unquote, get your groove back, we talked about being able to acknowledge that, hey, you need help. Being able to look at what caused the hurt, what caused the pain. Now, one of the things I always look at is I believe in 
separating things and uh, dissecting things. Now, let's just say it was the relationship. If it was a relationship with someone, I believe in separating the relationship and separating a person that was in the relationship with you. Separating that so that way you could be able to really just fine-tune sometimes the person, sometimes it might be the individual, sometimes it may be yourself, or even sometimes it could be just the relationship within itself where it might have been the right person the wrong time or the wrong person the right timing. Also, it could be the right person but the wrong you, vice versa. It could be so many dynamics. So that's one of the things I began to start looking at when I started looking at the individual because a lot of time what happened is if we can allow ourselves to have the hurt removed from the situation, we'll be able to see with clear lenses. But unfortunately, many times, many people, they begin to start observing sometimes with hurt lens or with a cloudy lens and what happened, we're not we're not able to properly get the help and healing that is needed. So what clouds our hurt excuse me, what clouds our lenses hurt? Unforgiveness, anger, let's be real, hatred, <laughs> revenge, all these things that can hinder our vision for us to be able to get the healing that we need. So being able to separate the relationship from the individual. Okay. Now look at the relationship, you know, look at the good, look at the uncomfortable, separate, write those things down. What was good about it? What was bad about it? Um, What did you put in away from it? Also, now looking at the individual, okay, now you study that individual, okay? Now, that what that person did, let's just say that person cheated on you, okay? That person cheated on you, okay, with that thing that that person may not be committable. Okay, so what you do, hey, you separate yourself from that situation and then also start looking at what did I learn from that situation? In every situation that we go through, regardless if it was some type of rejection within a relationship or even a job, you might get, you might have got fired or even laid off from a job. Look at what can you learn from it? What did you learn from that situation? Like I said, not just the good times, but the uncomfortable times or the bad times, you know. So that's one of the things I believe in looking at. This will hit me this morning and I almost jumped out my skin. What happened to you doesn't define you, but if you uh, excuse me, what you what happened to you does not define you, but it's your response that defines you. So it's not what happens to you, or it's not what happened to you that defines you. But it's your response to what happened to you. That's what defines you. This what caught my attention. We often hear in the scripture about the lady with the issue of blood. She was identified as the lady with the issue of blood. She had the issue of blood for 12 long years. And that's all she was known for. Matter of fact, she didn't even have a name. Her 
identity was what she went through. But even though she was going through that, what was beautiful about it was nothing changed until she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, then I shall be made. She was the one that said, she proclaimed what she wanted, and she proclaimed not just what she wanted, but she proclaimed what she was going to do about it to get what she needed. So what she did, she said it, and then she put it into action. Not only she said it and she put it into action, get this, even her putting it into action, she faced obstacles. What were those obstacles? The crowd. Hmm. Her obstacles were the crowd. So what did she do? She pressed. What did she do? She pressed. What happened? She pressed. Now, she pressed, and she eventually was able to do what she said. She said it. She exhibited faith. She put her faith action. And that's what faith is. First of all, um, I'm, I'm going to say this at the sidebar. We often hear faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So her hope was her healing. Now, from our terminology, what we think is hope in this Western uh, hemisphere or Western culture, we think hope is, well, you know, I hope I hope that person do it for me. No, that's actually doubt. That's questioning. But true hope, biblical hope, has no doubt. No doubt. Hope is actually confidence. But the difference between hope and faith, faith is hope with corresponding action. That's what it is. Hope is actually the step, excuse me, faith is actually a hope plus action. So in other words, faith is the step after hope. Faith is the total. Hope plus actions, corresponding actions. In other words, what you're saying, what you're hoping for, those actions should line up with what you're hoping for, plus those corresponding actions equals faith. So when she touched Jesus, he said, who touched me? He felt the virtues of his body. He felt it, even just from the touch of the garment. And so long story short, she got what she said. She got what she hoped for. She did what her faith with the action. She got what her faith said and did. Now, even though she did not quote unquote have a name other than the characteristic of what her element was, the lady with the issue of blood. But the ending result, she was known as the lady of faith. 
we know her as the lady of faith because if you think about it, if she did not touch Jesus him of his garment without those words and actions, she would just be another person who may have died from issues of blood. That's something to think about. That that really caught my attention. So the key thing was her corresponding action. The end result was her exhibiting the faith and she received what she said she was going to receive. So that's something that made me think because she she became whole. Jesus told her that she would be, you know, first of all, he said, who touched me? And she confessed it was her. She confessed. She acknowledged And not only was she healed, but she was made whole, made well. In other words, lacking nothing pertaining to the issue that had ailed her. She had already ran out of money, all that stuff. But she was, if you want to say, compensated. That's what whole, lacking nothing. She was compensated from everything that she lost because of the situation that she dealt with. So with that, being able to look at what you're going through and not to take it personal, but look at it as a teachable moment for you to do a quote unquote a class assignment or utilize what you're going through as a study hall or a homework assignment for you to become better than who you were when you went through. That's something to think about. I know uh some years ago what happened I was um I was in a relationship and um girl broke up with me or whatever. Um this was I believe it was two thousand one or something like that. And so I'm up here, I was just so sad, so depressed, I called it my grave clothes. I had my grave clothes because I didn't I didn't want to do anything. I just moped around at my place by myself and all that stuff, you know. And so that went on for some days. And I ended up getting off work, fell asleep on my couch. And I ended up waking up in the middle of the night, like 3, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 325, 323, 25, something like that. And I heard God tell me, uh, am I going to mope and allow myself to grieve for the rest of my life? No, I don't know what I, I don't know how to get out of this situation, whatever, you know. And this is what he told me. He said, how you were when you met her, make yourself better. So in other words, I only knew how to cook just a little, just maybe cook breakfast. But what he told me to do, hey, learn how to cook. I mean, like throw down. In other words, increase your resume. Be in a position where you can add more things to your resume for the better. I'm like, okay. So I ended up throwing on some clothes and I went to Walmart in the middle of the night, bought a cookbook and looked at a recipe and saw buying the ingredients, the ingredients of the dish that I saw. And so by the time I made it home, it was close to, let's say about five o'clock. I ended up going, I ended up doing some shopping. And I made it home at 5 o'clock, start cooking. I'll never forget. 
it was a, I call it an Italian pizza pocket. I made some Italian pizza pocket, uh, made some corn. I made apple pie. Get this, not just one type of apple pie, two apple pies. I made the apple turnover, and then also I made the Dutch apple pie. And by the time I got done, it was like nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning. I had to be at work at uh, 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock p.m. So I'm up here. I cooked and everything, and there was an aroma that was in the house. I, it was like it was like the pearly gates just opened up. And I took it to work. I didn't get a chance to eat it. I took it to work with me. I just distributed it to kind of get, you know, people's input. And they all loved it. That made me feel good. That gave me confidence of, you know what? She broke up with she broke up with a man that was limited in cooking or maybe didn't know how to cook. But now I know how to cook. So I, I increased my resume. I increased the value of the person with a broken heart. And so that's something you have to think about. And, of course, it's not just a broken heart pertaining to a relationship. Like I mentioned, it could be the end of a friendship or loss of a job. What are you going to do? I found that when things happen to us, you know, pertaining to a lost job or a failed relationship, whatever I think, that's a good thing. I learned how to, look, the Bible tells us to count it all joy. And so my thing, it may not look like it's good. It may not even feel like it's good. But how about we just start quoting what God said about a situation, count it all joy. Okay, so if we count it all joy, if we do what he told us to do, then it's his responsibility to follow through what he told us to do. So now, hmm, I lost my job. Now, I lost my job on no fault of my own. What happened if I just got laid off? Like I said, no fault of my own. My own. I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything that warranted, warranted me losing my job. They just let me go. Okay. So what am I going to do about it? Hmm. This might have been a great opportunity for me to finally get off my nine to five, for me to get the job or the work or start the business that God wanted me to start in. Hmm. In other words, look at it like this. Look at what you're going through or what you dealt with. Look at it as an opportunity to change the way you think about what happened. Because if you think about it, some people, some people had to break up with you for you to be with the one that God has for you. Somebody had to cheat on you to do you wrong, do you dirty, for you to finally have enough of their mess for you to get God's best. Somebody had to get fired from their job for them to start that multi-million dollar business. Some people that were your friends or that you thought that were your friends had to disappoint you, had to show you their true colors for you to leave them alone, for you to stop allowing people to use you to mis- or mistreat you or take your kindness for weakness. So I said all that to say this, what is the lesson that you've learned? 
in the midst of what you went through. If you don't understand the lesson behind it, you will repeat it again. If you don't pass the test, you're going to have to take the test over again. And sometimes the test is more painful. The retest, I'm sorry, the retest is more painful than the original test that we went through. So we have to understand that in the midst of whatever that we have gone through, we have to look at, hmm, what is the teachable moment I can get out of this? What can I get out of this to make myself better? Not bitter. You become bitter when you don't graduate, or you become bitter when you don't acknowledge that you need help, or you need the repair, or you need that time for you to reflect, hey, that there was something wrong. There was something wrong, and I have to get it fixed. Most importantly, being able to give to God for him to fix it for us. That's something that we have to get done because, first of all, without God, we can't do it. But most importantly, not only giving it to God, but allow him to fix it without our help. That's one of the, I'm going to be real, that's one of the things that we have to learn to do. Being able to give God all of what's going on and us keep our hands out of God's way. So, excuse me, being able to look at what we went through and look at it as a teachable moment for us to not only learn from it, for us to become better, but like I said, for us to be able to look at, hmm, this is the opportunity for us to see God in a different light or in a broader light. What I found out, you begin to learn people or who people really are or how a person really is during difficult times. When there is a celebration, hey, you can't tell the the sheeps from the wolves. But on the other hand, when tough time comes, that's when you're trying to that's when you find your true friends. That's when you find out people who are down for you or people who are trying to keep you down or people who are trying to get you down. That's one of the things that we have to realize. When uncomfortable time comes, this is a teachable moment for us. Along with us being able to look at those times as a teachable moment, for us to be able to examine the characteristics of God. I found out, you know, if you look at uh, the different times, uh, the different times in the Bible that they have said the name God or Lord, even though that name is that, excuse me, that, that, that word is there, but in actuality, based upon the situation, excuse me, based upon the situation, it may be a different attribute of God that was implemented at that time. And so this is a, if you want to say a homework assignment or a teachable moment for us to understand not only who God is, but what he can do. You know, um, some of us we may feel like, okay, God can provide a job, but he can't heal. 
you'd be surprised how a person thinks. And so these are the times for us to really learn about God. And like I said earlier, learn about God, learn about ourselves. You know, sometimes it could be where, you know what? Hmm. Sometimes it takes us to be in a position where we have to eat some humble pie to accept help or to accept delegating responsibilities to others. So this is a teachable moment. It may have been uncomfortable, but the thing is being able to assess the situation and pass the test so you won't have to take it over again. Also, even in those times for us to be able to, if you want to say, get our groove back, being able to, uh, like Devonna said, getting your smile back. Look at it. You know what? In the midst of everything that transpired, I'm still alive. In other words, every time you're alive, you still got another chance. There is another day that God has provided us for us to be able to not just be able to recuperate, but also being able to actually celebrate and enjoy once we're able to pass that test and get on our feet. God can help us to recover, but the thing is, a lot of times we delay our healing because we won't acknowledge that we need help, and also the the longer we allow ourselves to stay on the ground, the shorter we have for us to be able to really enjoy if we can get up. Les Brown once said, if uh, if, if you fall down, fall on your back. That way, if you can look up, you can get up. And that's one of the things that we have to do. I don't care how many times you fall down. It doesn't matter how many times you fall down. It what matters how many times you get up. Let the end result find you to be up. I, it doesn't matter what happens. You know, I always look at, you know, especially the old school wrestling. And sometimes some of my favorite characters, what happened? My favorite characters have had a tag team partner. They were in a tag team match. Or they were, my favorite wrestler might have been get ready to, you know, tag in his friend. And what happened? That tag team partner get in the ring, and instead of him get ready to fight the opponents, he ended up, bam, jumping on my favorite wrestler, turning his back. Uh, a wrestling term says turning heel. <laughs> that means he turned bad on the good guy. He been he portrayed that hero. Okay, now what are he gonna do about it? What is that hero gonna do about it? Is he gonna stay on the ground and wallow? Talk about he lost his friend. His friend betrayed him. Or what he gonna do? He gonna get angry enough to fight back. This is one thing I really have to say this. I feel the need to say this, especially those who are uh, pertaining to their career, their job, getting back on your feet. If you lost your job, if your job let you go, especially during this pandemic, this pandemic, look here, we didn't have any control of it. And many people have lost their job. Look, many people are looking at this as, oh, my gosh, this is the end. That devil is a lie. You are the one that dictates if this is the end for you. And God said, this ain't the end for you. So if God God woke you up and gave you another chance, hey, it's another opportunity. But I said all that to say this. 
Sometimes it have to. Sometimes people have to get off their job, get fired from their job, or get laid up from their job, for them to go ahead and step out on faith. And like I said earlier, put some legs on your belief, your hopes. But this is one thing that I have to make sure to bring this up. Many people have to get off their job. Understand that work. Understand what I said, job, J-O-B, get off their job. People have to get off their job so they can start doing their work. Huh. People have to get off their job to, so they can disc their worth, which is inside their work. Let me say this. First of all, unless you own your business, where you at is not your work. It's your job. Your job is what you do, but your work is who you are. And many people are on other people's work, and they are doing their job. They are at somebody else's work, and what where they're at is their job. See? If you look in the Bible, if you look in Genesis, God gave Adam what? He didn't give Adam a job. He gave Adam work. He gave he gave Adam work. Now, when we look at the word work, the original meaning of work in the Hebrew it means energy or source from God. So in other words, God have given each and every one of us at least one gift or one talent. And sometimes God may see us wasting our talent at somebody else's job or at our job in somebody else's work. And then what happens? We end up well, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared to go off on my. I'm scared to go somewhere else. I'm scared. And God said, hey, trust me, I'm opening the door for you. Well, no, 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 I don't want to do this. And all of a sudden, they give you the pink slip. And so what happens, now we're no longer on our job. And now it's time for us to get on our feet and do what we were born to do. And so what happens when we look at work, work gives you fulfillment. A job gives you frustration. Because what happens, a lot of times we're not passionate, we're not driven, and what happens, it's like, I'm going to say it like this, have you ever gotten ready to go to a job? You woke up, you woke up, and you felt like, man, I'm just wasting my time. I have an uncle, he's a professional photographer, and he was talking to myself and my younger brother, Walter, years ago. He said, man, he said, when I wake up, I wake up. I love waking up. I wake up before my alarm clock because I love what I do. He's driven. And this what hit me, this what hit me last, uh, excuse me, yesterday. And sometimes this will happen with me. Sometimes my alarm clock wakes me up. 
But then there are other times my purpose wakes me up. My purpose wakes me up before my alarm clock wakes me up. God may wake me up in the middle of the night to tell me to do something, tell me to write something, give me an idea about something. I'm like, oh, wow. And when I wake up in the middle of the night, it doesn't matter how little sleep I've had. But when I wake up, when God wakes me up because of my purpose, when my purpose clock wakes me up, when my purpose alarm clock wakes me up, oh, look here, I'm charged. Sometimes I forget about the time. I forget about eating. I forget about going to the bathroom. Sometimes I, I have to remind myself, hey, you need to drink some water. Hey, you need to run to the restroom. Hey, you need to stop and get ready to go to work, whatever. It fuels me. And what you do, what your work does, it fuels you. So in order for you to be able to really get that you're desiring, sometimes you have to go ahead and do what God told you to do and start relying upon your understanding, laying not to your own understanding. But when you acknowledge him in all your ways, he shall direct thy paths or make their pathway straight. So for us to be able to really just understand how much God has for us. So I said all that because there might be somebody right now that might have felt discouraged. Matter of fact, good example. You think about this time last year. They were talking about the mask. They were talking about uh, 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 shutting everything down and all that stuff. But somebody, just imagine the first person who thought about, you know what? I have a good hobby in sewing. I'm going to go ahead and make some masks. Just imagine that person, that first person that made masks. And you know what happened? They fulfilled some needs for somebody. And then eventually, a lot of people started making handmade masks. And then what happened, Not just, first it was a regular mask. Then they began to start being creative. Let me make some designer masks, all that stuff. These are the times that we're living in for us to be creative. Excuse me. These are the times for us to be able to exercise our gifts and talents. Creative is in you. You were born with it. But a lot of times what happened, we have allowed the negativity, the rejection, the negative words, the negative actions that people have said to us, done towards us, to define us. And God said, hey, look here, I define you, but let that situation refine you. That's something that we have to think about because God has more for us if we just take the limit off of him. So another thing I recommend people to do, look in the mirror and talk to that person that's in your mirror. Talk to that person. Look here, you've heard the negative stuff. How about you say some godly stuff? I always tell people, look in the mirror and talk to that person in your mirror. And if you don't know what to say, you find a scripture on what God said about you, and you recite it to that person that's in your mirror. Say it. You don't know what to say? Let him speak for you. Let him, let him speak for you and to you through your own mouth. And if that lady with the issue of blood can proclaim her healing based on what she said out of her mouth and her actions that coincided with what she said, how about you do the same thing? Also, looking at, hey, if there's anybody around you that's talking negative, 
hey, sometimes you got to let some people go that's against the God-given purpose that he has in you. I always tell people, hey, sometimes you got to be like the butcher of the meat market. Sometimes you just got to trim the fat. Trim the fat. And if you notice, you go to a meat market, you look at the meat that has a lot of fat. It's kind of cheap. But you get some lean meat, well, it's more valuable because the meat that has the fat trim is greater quality. So how about you trim the fat off your own life for you to increase your stocks? You invest in your stock, and you end up having to kind of leave some people alone. Hey, that doesn't mean that you don't love them, but you got to love yourself too. You got to stop allowing people to walk over you. I'm going to tell you like this. If you don't do it for yourself, do it for the calling and the purpose God has for you. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for God. Okay? If you don't do it for yourself, how about do it for your kids? You may not like you, but how about if you don't like you for yourself, how about you like yourself for the sake of your children? You may not be valuable to yourself, but you're valuable to those that love you. So if I I'll look at it like this, if I don't do it for myself, if I don't do it for me, I'm going to do it for my son, daddy. That's how you got to think. You got to start speaking to yourself and leave the negative stuff out of it. Leave it alone. Like I said, there are many people, even the, look, the devil is betting against you. But in the Bible, it tells you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you or who has given you the ability, who has empowered you. That's something you have to do. Give God access to come in and to assist you in every area of your life. So in with this with this situation that you may be dealing with, this is a great opportunity for you to allow God to help you. Excuse me. So as we get ready to wrap it up, ask yourself, hmm, what am I I already had negative people talking to me. I already had negative people do things towards me, but none of that should matter. What is my response to what they did? Another thing, it doesn't matter what person has said or what they have done. Look at it like this. What am I doing for myself? What am I doing for me? Can't rely upon people to always try to feed you or to uh, um, uh, define you, but you have to speak to yourself. I think about how many people here have gotten rejected. Think about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was one of the greatest basketball players, but he was cut in high school, out of the high school uh, basketball team. But what did he do? That's the key thing. What are you going to do because of your situation? What you going to do about it? Look here. Some people that sitting at home waiting. Well, you know, I'm waiting on God. Uh-uh. God didn't tell you to wait for him doing that. You got to be busy. In other words, prepare yourself when opportunity knocks, when opportunity comes. You know, um, 
I believe it was Herschel Walker. Um, I'll just say it's many actually I think they met Walter Walter Payton. Walter Payton before he passed away, he was known as a great running back for the Chicago Bulls. But he didn't just practice during season, he practiced off season. In other words, he was already ready. He was always ready. You have to be ready at all times. Matter of fact, the model Shamar Moore, he always working out. You know what he said? He got to take care of his money, his body. He got to take care of himself. But what happened a lot of times, what do we do? When we see where the opportunity is about to come, that's when we get hungry or that's when we begin to start being active. No. You got to exhibit faith. Remember, faith, you can't see it with your – if you can see it with your natural eyes, then it ain't faith. You got to see it with your spiritual eyes. In other words, when time – when it looks like ain't nothing going on, that's when you work harder because it doesn't take God long to move. Because remember, we always say in our prayer, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in other words, it's going to be done in heaven, but our action will bring whatever we're believing for into reality here on earth. So we got to be able to be proactive, not reactive. Or we got to start believing. I'm, I'm going to say it like this. Of course, we first believe in God, but we got to believe in the abilities that God has given us especially when we know that God has given it to us and we're going to do it in God's instructions and with and into God's instructions. We're going to do it the way God told for us to do it. Look, he's the owner. We're just the manager over what he has given us. So if we take a specific instruction from God, it ain't our responsibility. It's his responsibility. So that's what we have to do. We start, We got to start doing things not just a way, not just the way, but God's way, which is the right way. God knows everything. So why are we trying to figure out and scratch our head? We need to go to him. In other words, I tell people, consult God in all your ways. We got to consult God. And so in getting our groove back, that whatever we experience, it ain't going to destroy us. It doesn't define us. Whatever we dealt with, you know what? We look at it like this. We were chosen for it. If we were chosen for it, then it's God's responsibility to carry us through it. Not our responsibility. It's God's responsibility. So this is the time for us to really communicate, talk, and lean on God. Talk to him. I, don't tell, I tell people like this, you can't get on God's nerves. God ain't like people. You may get on people's nerves. But God telling you, hey, I'm waiting on you to consult with me. I want you to consult with me. I know the answer. Why are you trying to figure it out when I already worked it out? So that's what we got to do. We got to talk to God about this because, you know, a lot of things that we deal with, we deal with so much stuff that God did not authorize us to go through. And a lot of times we go through it, and we like, man, if only I had paid attention. You know, a lot of times God will tell you things. 
before things happen, sometimes God will let you know something, and you're like, whoa, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's something I need to kind of work on. Yeah, we all need to work on it. And you know what? To some degree, we all have failed in that area. Hey, but thank God for his grace and mercy that has given us another chance. So that's something we have to really, really, really look at and thank God that, you know what, in the midst of what we're dealing with, God loves us enough for the opportunity for us to be able to, hey, get it right. So I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I had brought that in because many of us, we allowing ourselves to make the same mistake over and over and over again. We're falling through traps. We're falling through so many things that God, God is wanting us to graduate from. And you know what? Like I said, even the situation that we may have dealt with, regardless of what it is, loss of job, loss of friendship, loss of relationship, whatever, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? That sounds like a simple question, but that's a very complicated, complicated question that some of us don't answer. You got to do something about it, but you got to do it the right way. There's a right, there's a right thing to do. And there's many other wrong things to do. So when you do what God told for you to do in the midst of what you dealt with, then you'll be blessed. And like I said, I was thinking about even um, um, for those that don't know, I've always been a Prince admirer. He ended up getting booed off the stage uh, when he opened up for the Rolling Stones. He quit. He went back to me and Lapis. He quit. He said he ain't ever doing it again. And so um, one of the band members spoke to him, come on, man. They don't understand you. I mean, come on, man. You can go on back. And so guess what? He went on back. And this time, you know what happened? They booed him again. But what did he do? He could have allowed that experience to reshape his life, to shape his life. But what did he do? He kept working harder. And after that, what came out of it? 1999. A little movie called Purple Rain. Now, he's a, a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in um uh, all these things, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but he's known as one of the greatest musicians, guitarists, songwriters of all times. But you think about how many people they have experienced hurt, disappointments. Look at Kentucky Fried Chicken, made by Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders, he was rejected over a thousand times, but he kept on. We have to be persistent. Like I said, a lot of things that God has instilled in us, it's in us, but the devil don't want it to come out. So, of course, he's going to try to bring some obstacles. But you got to be stronger than the obstacles. Like I said, that person that left you, person that left you and the kids, don't want to deal with you no more, that ain't a bad thing. That's a good thing. 
that means, hey, they left you at the perfect time. They revealed their character to you. So if they didn't want to be with you, hey, it's not the end of the world. Suck it up. Look in the mirror. Thank God for another chance. And guess what? True love still exists. Like I said, the the wrong one has to leave you, has to abandon ship for the right one to be shipped in, to be in the right relationship, for you to have the right relationship. So what? Live beyond the hurt. Look beyond the pain. No one person, no one person should define you. Only God, only God defines who you are. But you choose, you can choose to allow people to define you or change the course of your life, or you can accept what God said. You know, uh, I'm just going to go on and say it. You know, I can easily think about, you know, the loss of my sister. I, I hate I hate she's not here. I miss her dearly. But I'm going to be real with you. You know, I don't really talk about uh, the individual often. You know, this is probably one, my last and only time me saying this. But when I think about that guy who killed my sister, I could hate, I can make him, I can, I can allow him to dictate my purpose take my life or even allow hate and anger to be in my spirit but you know what he don't care (laughs) but you know who will suffer me because there's an assignment God has for me that was way before he did what he did so you know what I can't even think about him I shouldn't even think about him my passion is stronger than the focus that some people may want me to have on him, or even my emotion may want me to have on him. I'm not going to let him dictate my actions, my thoughts, or my spirit, because that will give the devil victory. So what I have to do, I have to ask God for strength, for courage, for stamina, to help me to focus on the assignment that he gave me, and anything else is a distraction. So I have to acknowledge. Matter of fact, I'm going to be real with you. What happened that night when I found out, God himself told me that there was a distraction that the devil was trying to bring. He said, be aware. Be aware. There was a distraction that the devil wanted to bring. Now, many people was affected by the death of my sister. But that was one of the things that God told me, I can hate him. I can uh, 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 be bitter. I can turn up everything that I was trying to do and just focus on him and what he did. But you know what? Who would suffer? The people that God had put in place for me to minister to, beside me, my family, my son that's dependent upon me to be the best father that God made for me to be, to still provide for him, still play with him, enjoy, have fun. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why I came in a little late today, 
because I spent some extra time with my son. But just imagine if my son was able to pick up a spirit of anger, revenge, hatred in his daddy, regardless of who was towards. But if he can pick it up, that would give him permission to hate somebody, to allow the devil to play with you. No, I got to set an example, not just for him, but like I said, even to the other people that may be watching. Because remember this, like I said earlier, sometime in the midst of what happened, regardless if God did it or the devil did it or God allowed it or even if you did something, what happens? People are going to always have the spotlight on us. Believers. And like I mentioned earlier, what God told me, I preach to people. I tell people what God can do. But now the spotlight is on me where people have to see not what I say about God, but what they see through my life and in my life or what God can do. So that was a teachable moment, not just to others, but even for myself. So we have to be able to pick up on, you know what, I cannot allow this to define me. I refuse, you have to refuse to not allow the distractions, even if it's hurt. Can't allow that distraction to stop you and keep you down. Look here, you got to be the biggest cheerleader on your team. Sometimes, not just the biggest Sometimes you may be the only cheerleader on your team, but so what? It doesn't matter. You may have to be the one man, but you may have to be the cheerleader in the marching band, but so what? You keep on doing it. God blesses consistency. God blesses consistency. You have to be consistent in what you're doing. Be consistent. God wants you to be consistent, and that may be something that you have to just learn how to do. And if you do it, hey, great, congratulations. You can do it, though, but you got to want to do it. Always remember this. What is in your will? You have to will for yourself to do it. Keep on doing it. Just don't give up. So many people are looking for a reason to give up, but how about you find a reason to stay in and stick to it? Getting your groove back will require every ounce of sweat, sometimes even tears. You may have you may be the only one that wanna do it. You may be the only one you may not even have any help. So what? Don't rely upon somebody. You rely upon God. And if God wants you to have somebody that's going to help you, he will send somebody. But don't pick somebody. Let that person be sent by God instead of being picked by you. Because if you pick, then you may end up picking someone that the devil are trying to assign to you. The devil trying to assign somebody, God is trying to assign somebody. But you picking could be a fatal thing. Allow God to send somebody and stop picking folks that you're trying to get to wear your uniform and they ain't even wanting to be in the audience. So with that being said, you dealt with as the time for you, for you to be able to see the hand of God over and in your life. Look at it as a blessing 
what you went through, hey, you know, it was a great, it was, it was the opportunity for God to be showcased in my life. And he's going to do a mighty work through my life. But in the midst of, yeah, I was knocked down. Yeah, I might have been betrayed. I might have been used. I might have been heartbroken. I might have been disappointed. All these things. But just like the lady with the issue of blood, it ain't going to end that way. Be known. Look, people are going to know your end game. But your end game will be your outcome. Your outcome. Don't let that be your income. Let that be your outcome. That outcome that you allow God to come into your life and allow him to do it, it will bless you with income. But allow that that you dealt with, allow that to push you to the purpose and plan that God has for you. Let that drive you to get off your job into your work so that way you can exhibit your worth. So many times we're taking pennies and God trying to bless us with millions. We say we love God. We say we trust God. And guess what? A lot of times we'll push people to their purpose, but we don't even push the person that's in our mirror. We are great encouragers. We speak high faith to many folks to help them to be blessed, to a, a, be a blessing to their family or in their life. But sometimes what do we do? We sit at home, don't even talk to our own self. We don't even encourage our own self. Nah, that's bad arithmetic. God is trying to help us to stop being the tail and start being the head. That's it. (laughs) That's it. What do you believe in God for? Get off. Look, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Being real with you, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Nobody feeling sorry for you. And the ones that are feeling sorry for you, they're the ones talking about you. And guess what? When people talk about you, when people feel sorry for you, they now expect for you, and they, they're going to know you and acknowledge you as that, oh, that's the one that's always crying. Every time you see him, every time you see her, she crying because her man left. He crying because he his woman left. You know? That's all you can be known for. Let's change that narrative right now. We're going to give everything to God. That song that we always sung when we were kids, take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Cast all your cares. That means chunk it, throw it. He cares for you affectionately. He loves you. And just in case someone that may be watching that may feel like, you know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to handle this. You can give it to him. And just in case somebody that may not be saved, we've been talking about God and everything. But understand, the Bible tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You do what God tells you to do. Let him work everything out. But also understand, what are you learning through your situation? 
Like I said, this is a great opportunity for you to learn about yourself, but more importantly, learn about God. You know, you find out that, you know what, all this time, you say you've been trusting God, but you actually been doubting God. Do it. Do it. Listen to, listen to the instruction God God have you, because a lot of times we got too many things going on, and sometimes God got to push us away. God got to allow some things for us to have our attention caught to listen to him. Now he got our attention. Now what you going to do about it? Don't delay it. Don't delay your blessing. Obey him. In just case someone who may not be saved, they want to know how to get saved. Romans 10 and 9 tells us, Thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and believe in the heart, God will raise him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Just in case you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, hey, you know what? Being saved, it ain't hard. It ain't hard. It's really easy. What makes it hard is when we resist the leading that God's telling us to do. That's what makes it hard. It's like walking against the wind. Why? God made us. Look here. I found out the best way to think about it when some people, well, you act like it's so easy. Well, let me say it like this. Which is easier, obeying God or dealing with the consequences of your disobedience? Which is easier, obeying God or or, uh, dealing with the consequences of you not obeying God? That's the way I look at it. Look here, I'm tired of bumping my head. I bumped my head for many years. I ain't dealing with that no more. If God says something, hey, okay, yep, hey, whatever you say, I believe you. Now, I'm going to execute. So with that being said, whatever situation you have for God, we're going to give it to him. We're going to pray. We're going to believe. And we're going to leave it right there. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. God, we ask you, Lord, first of all, God, to forgive us, God. If there's anything that we said or done or thought or felt that was unlike you, God. God, we ask you, God, to forgive us and we receive your forgiveness. And we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. We come to you right now, God. Help us right now, God, in every area of our lives, God. There are some who've gone through situations, God, that have felt devastated. Some have experienced hurt. Some have experienced pain. Some things may have transpired in their life that they had no clue. There are things that may have transpired that they did not prepare for. There are things that may have transpired, God, that this prize. So, God, we ask you to comfort them right now, God, even allowing it to be a teachable moment, God. And, God, we speak, God, that you even help your people right now, God. In the midst of whatever transpired, God, help us, God, to learn the lesson through the test. Learn the lesson and let it be a lesson, God, that we can graduate. Let it be the test that we can graduate and not have to retake the test right now. In the name of Jesus, and say to about everything you stand for right now. In the name of Jesus, we counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we even know, God, even those who may have experienced things, God, thank you, Lord, 
to uh, thank you, Lord, for helping us recover, God, healing us, God, healing our hearts, healing our minds, God, right now. And, God, help us, God, to continue to trust in you right now and put our trust, put our whole heart into you, God. We even speaking, God, for those who may be grieving, God. Comfort them right now. Be with them right now in the name of Jesus. God, we're speaking, God, that you allow everything to turn out for our good. And we thank you for it right now, God. And we thank you for the testimony that's coming from this. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one who tuned in. I hope and pray that there was something that was said that really caught your attention. Uh, if you want to catch up with me, feel free to catch me on Facebook on Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. You can see my daily devotions and um, uh, videos. Also, you can go to the store section of my book uh, and on my website at brotherprater.com. You can go to the store section where you see my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God, Fatherhood, and also my uh, book, uh, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper. Everybody should know that Father's Day is coming up. So The Few Good Men, A Path to God, Fatherhood is a very good book give as a stocking stuffer for male or female. Also, on my website, you can catch uh, my daily devotion, the upcoming events, and personal appearances. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in, and I don't want you to give up. I want you to continue to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Think about everything in the midst that you've been, you've been taught about God, everything that you've known about God. This is a great opportunity to now see him work in your life, in the midst of whatever transpired, give everything to God and trust him with the results. I thank you all for listening to Reconnect My Heart. God bless you and good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.